Hey, I'm Serge. And I'm Peter. And you're listening to Future Break. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Future Break podcast, part of the Podglomerate Network. And this is the podcast where we talk about emerging technology, human behavior, and what it all means for the future. And today, we're talking about the cities of the future. Yes, indeed, Peter. This is a fun one. Yeah. The, uh, what, what are we going to be, how are we going to be living here? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's only how we're going to be living, right? Small part of life, just <laughs> your environment. I mean, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's only how you work and live and play and do everything else, but. I don't know. It's not like our kids are going to be affected by that at all. No. Yeah. yeah, episode thirty-five. I, I wanted to give a shout out to that. I mean, it's it's uh, it's awesome that we're still here, and we are here, honestly, because of your support. Yes. Okay. It's funny you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I you supplement. Like, it's it's a good thing we're still here, isn't it? Like, isn't like the whole the whole Midwest would just be it could be gone at this point. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As well, to, that yeah. that's true too. I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's also true. But uh, before we get any further, let's talk about the future newsflash. Starting off today, uh, we have some news from the SEC. Um, they're charging Theranos and the CEO of Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes, with what they call massive fraud. I don't know if you remember this company, Peter, but they did um, these like. Uh, gene testing things that was all fake right? it was all fake yeah it was based on you know phony science and uh they raised a m- just millions of dollars it's it's just insane what what they did but obviously it was as real as a three dollar bill so they are charging them with fraud uh it looks like they've already settled or they're working on settling that and so the crazy, the craziest thing is, Elizabeth cannot run a company for ten years. That's part of herself. Really? Yeah. So she can't be CEO. She can't be CEO for ten years. But she could be like COO. Yeah, something like that. But Probably. okay. All right. Lyft is building a self-driving platform. Knew it. I suppose they're like okay. Uber really wants to yeah. do this type of stuff. We got to compete <laughs> yeah. at some level. Yeah. So it's a situation that we'll know more a little about. They're, in, I think, we invested by a company called Magna. Um, anyways, Magna is also getting a essentially a good stake in the company before. Of course. Of course, right? Yeah. So there we go. Some changes on the cryptocurrency side of things. Um, Google will no longer accept ads. Um, that are for cryptocurrencies. Dang it! So you're uh, you're what were we talking about? Dot coin and Jesus coin and all kinds of these yeah, it's crazy fake coins. coins and things out there. Wow, it's, they're real coins. Well, okay, they're real coins, but you cannot advertise them on Google anymore. No, Facebook so, already sorry, has this everyone. in place. We by the way, gonna add this idea of a future break coin, FB coin, or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, just in. <laughs> Future break. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we got to put together a conference in Vegas and all that stuff and renovate it. So, anyways, this is coming. So just keep your keep your money ready for this future Bitcoin that we're gonna do. We're not doing this, people. Come on, Peter. I don't know. Okay, we're Fine. Not okay. Ah, uh, Sierra Leone voted by blockchain. So cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Just ran the first block. Sierra Leone just ran the first blockchain-based election. Of course, you might be asking, so the whole thing was blockchain? No, only about, looks like 70% of it was. That's still massive, that's though. Still, that's still really, it's really, still, still, still really good. It also makes me think, you know, when will be the first major election in the U.S.? Well, yeah, I would even say just maybe in the what in the whole West mm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we were—I mean, it'd be awesome. Like you're watching a presidential election, and it's updating in real time. It's live, right? Because nobody has to do ballots counting, all that stuff. It's all using this blockchain tech. So that that would be sweet. And would uh, some <clears throat> Eastern countries allow blockchain encryption? Yeah. On citizens. Who knows? Anyways, that's that's the future news flash for you. Um always keeping our eye out on the on the news and on the all the happenings. Future Break is supported by Castbox, the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on iOS and Android. Castbox has over fifty million free episodes that more than 15 million users download and listen to wherever, whenever. CastBox has also pioneered a brand new way to search. All you have to do is enter a keyword or phrase, and CastBox will search all show titles and transcripts of every single episode to deliver exactly what you're looking for. So head on over to your app store, download CastBox, and try it for yourself today. What technology? You know, that Theranos things reminds me of like the the Kickstarter campaign or is Indiegogo that just had massive funding. Yeah, that's right. Because you're talking about a technology that you could shave your face with by laser. Oh, really? (laughs) I would never do that. That was an absolute fake. Botched. That's crazy. Yeah. As as far as I remember. So anyways... Yeah, you got to be careful with some. I mean, it, it again. It sounded really cool, um, and this is where I this is where I get like, okay, people always say, well, it's it's in the you know it's in the proof. We have science that says this. Well, who's auditing the science? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I don't I don't want to go there, but sometimes you have to. You have to pause and say, who's checking on this work actually? Because it it turned out to completely completely fake and they built a whole company they built people's trust on that premise itself what would it be like being you know oh hey i'm the project manager of a fake company <laughs> you know i think i think you'd get interviews just afterwards after the company dissolves just because people are like what did you do? Like, what were you? Because they had employees and they had all sorts yeah, of... Yeah, right? yeah. It was just... Yeah. So, anyways. 
Well, today we are talking about the cities of the future. There we go. Now, this is like, okay, to me, this is not not a, we're going to nuke everything and, and start all over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Unfortunately. I'm, gl- I'm glad we brought that up. We are in a both agreement on that. It's not really in my mindset that... We're gonna level everything yeah. and then rebuild. Yeah. No, that's not. That's not. That's it. not gonna happen. No. Um, and and so, really, why why we're interested in this is there's so much tech packed into the supposed smart city that we keep hearing about, and and uh, today we kind of wanted to look at some cities that are already doing this, and also just explore some ideas that, um, you know, could possibly come down the pipe as well in the future. Yeah. Cuz there's a it's it's already I mean it's already starting to happen. I remember, okay, so kind of kick this off here. In our city, I remember we have a um we have a roadway that's it's it's kind of a bottleneck at certain points, but it's super busy. It's 26th Street. If you live in the Sioux Falls, you know you know what I'm talking about. Um it was notoriously bad in the mornings for traffic. Like it was just the worst. Um, and then I remember a couple of years ago they installed. Um, so you you see the cameras on the on the stoplights or on the uh, traffic lights. Yeah. But they installed like these. I mean, they looked like basically just regular cameras on there, and it was on every single stoplight. I'm like, what are they doing? You know. And I thought, well, are, that's it's speed cameras. Was my first thought, right? Right come to do some more research on it what they are doing is they're live monitoring traffic and then adjusting times of the uh, traffic lights in real time so if they see there's a huge backup on this intersection they would basically extend you know the the green light for that intersection for a little bit longer time and I remember once they put that into place I could literally go from one side of 26th street to the other side Barely without stopping because it was just like dialed in. They saw that there was a huge amount of traffic coming from work or to work uh, or rather in the morning and afternoon and they would just dial it in right away. So that was pretty awesome. That's still kind of a, you know, 20th century version essentially of what a real true smart city could do. But it's a great starting point, I think. Yes. I want I want to say something, but I feel like we need to talk about what's happening right now first before we okay. talk about it. So well, yeah, let's bring up the uh Yeah, bring so up the stuff that you talked about here where we have here from the wired article. Yeah, there's a wired article that uh I was just doing a little bit of research and um there's quite a few cities that are already doing uh you can co- you can call it just smart smart things essentially um already but it's not it again it's not like overhauling something you know overhauling what what a street looks like not, right. none of that yeah. kind of stuff but for the most part um they they kind of talked about eight different cities the two that i thought were um worthy worthy of mention here is starting with LA um so we know LA's huge traffic problems like crazy um, they are, and this, this kind of, uh, this kind of is, a 
again, an up- update that I feel like a lot of cities are doing, but but LA is really it's a it's a huge thing that LA is doing, and and so what they're doing is they're retrofitting forty five hundred miles of that orange yellowish um, street light with a moonlight hued um, matrix of lights, basically LEDs. So I think there's a couple things in in play here. So moonlight is obviously brighter, um, but I've I've heard that uh, certain certain businesses, let's say, that had loitering problems, that had yellowish lights, they would actually switch to a a brighter bulb or like a more bluish tint of a light, and the loitering problem stopped. Because when you're in that bluish light, you teenagers don't like how they look, because it like it it just you know what I'm talking about. Uh, okay, yeah. It no, it uh, casts your your let your face in a different way. It, yeah, it looks your complexion looks different and looks a little bit you know like it's like staring at a um you know one of those like huge huge lights uh, in an office. It's it's not the most flattering look on you, you know. And so, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it's like it's an interesting idea. Absolutely. No, I I think, I mean, the whole idea of the LED and, and more so in part the connectedness of the whole system is really, yeah. Here's here's a really cool part. So, every one of these street lights is connected to. Yeah. Um, the, they call it the Bureau of Street Lighting, mm-hmm. um, which basically lets headquarters know if the light is on, if it's broken, um, you know, kind of where, where things are happening. And this is even kind of really cool that they say that in the future, this light could potentially um, have some additional capabilities. So like if there's a cop car or an ambulance on its way, these lights can start blinking. You know, they can really warn people and that's that's a i thought that was awesome implementation of something that can happen here your drive cops driving do 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 all the lights are starting to blink you know exactly what's going on you know yeah no i i I think this is this is phenomenal that this stuff is coming i mean led lights just in and of themselves uh i remember talking with a gentleman who worked i think in one of the cities. Uh, I think one of the suburbs of the Twin Cities in the in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and he talked about. You have to understand that the initial cost of LED and to put it up would be fairly, you know, it'd be a decent chunk of change, but the longevity, and then the thing that is the kicker is you don't have to pay somebody to go out there to replace it, right? Um, How? What do you mean by that? I guess so. So remember, this is. This is the city, maybe the states, maybe even a little bit of federal tax dollars at play to go and even change a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they got to get or the- to maybe just go look to see if it's even right or wrong, sure. on or off. Sure, or a system like this, this actually can tell you no, it's it's broken. Right, it's legitimately broken. Um, and then also just the fact because it's LED, ten times the length of time. Yep. So. Plus, it's a lot easier to change out too. Yeah, you know, you don't have you can you can replace the the modules or the elements themselves a little bit easier, I think. Because I, I remember all, all, all the time that you know I've seen 
the city crews changing out a light bulb. It's like they got to get their big boom truck and they got to do, you know, it takes, it takes a while to actually get that changed out. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. So, but in here, here's the thing. Here's kind of what I think defines really what a smart city is, is it's connected services. So it's, the streetlights are not running on their own system and then you've got something else running on its own system. It's everything essentially talking to itself and the behavior of certain of, of one part of things influences the outcome of certain other things. Right. Um, and that's really, I think what defines what a, what a true modern city or smart city could and will look like. Yeah. I, Thinking back to the time when, or places where cities have kind of flooded. Mm, yeah. Um, obviously, we don't really have a system within their light system, that street light system that says, oh, hey, slow down because right up ahead is a nasty <laughs> flood. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think... When you, when you think about things that affect the city elsewhere mm-hmm. and having a system that can almost adapt mm-hmm. to the situation that is happening at the present time, that's exciting. To yeah, about, yeah. So. And I think some of these, like, streetlights, cool, they even have solar capabilities, too, which, you know, that they, oh, could, yeah. they could even plug in. If there's a power outage, they still work. They still work. I mean, and that's huge. Like, we don't think about that, but power outage at night, you're driving— and the, the streetlights play a huge, huge role in terms of, you know, being safe and then having the, the, the security around you too, that, you know, that things are, it's funny. Yeah. We, we went from like the lights just not turning on at all <laughs> to like the power outages typically meant that the lights would just blink. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Red, red, red. Yep. And so you'd have a four way stop essentially yep. in the end. Um, to this concept of you maybe never be down. Yeah. So which is important because again, um just because the power goes out doesn't mean that the 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 city stops, you know, working. People are trying to get home or whatever. If there's a natural emergency, uh natural disaster, people are still need to do something, get, right? Get to, I mean, they need to get home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was LA. Um, the other thing that, the other one that, that I thought was fascinating and, and kind of, is, you're like, really, this city's on the list? But if you think about it, it totally makes sense. And it's Mecca. So Mecca and Saudi Arabia, um, every year, uh, this article says that for about five days, the population of Mecca, or the population of Saudi Arabia t- in total, increases by three million people. For just five days every year, that's that's crazy. Um, so when when the uh, the Muslims have a a thing called the Hajj, which is essentially a sacred rite that that says one time in your life you have to go to Mecca to to worship to right. um, yeah. you know walk around the the Kaaba, which is like their that that black box that you see a lot of times, or that black yeah that square that has yeah. the stone and stuff in there. Black stone. Um, so, and we're sorry for butchering something. Yeah, yeah I, I again, I apologize if there's any cultural thing that I didn't say correctly. But, um, and so you think about that, like, okay, three million people 
are needed to be temporarily housed, fed, um, supported, you know, with, with facilities, with roads, with, with sewers. I mean, that is pretty crazy to think about. Like, that's just wild. That's wild to think about because, you know, I know that during, um, during Sturgis in South Dakota, Sturgis is the, like the biggest motorcycle festival in the world. Uh, South Dakota's population essentially doubles. Yes. <laughs> we go from 800,000 people and we just add on another 800,000 people or so. Excuse me. Yeah. Which is wild. I mean, that that's just, for some states, it's like, well, that's... For two weeks. Yeah, for two weeks. Yeah. So, but that's, you know, spread out throughout the state. I mean, we have people uh, driving and, and the whole... The whole Black Hills, the whole western side of the state is packed full of bikers and all kinds of people. But this is one city, you know, and and what they're doing is is really kind of um, very very functional and very uh, specific to to this need that they have. So um, they're using, you know, one thing that they're doing is is a uh, basically building an airport for a massive wave of visitors. So when people come in and it's the days of the Hajj, the airport is designed in a way that it can receive all those people, um, but it doesn't take too many resources away. Like you don't have to, you know, cause it's super hot over there. Right. Right. So you can, you, it, it basically, they built it as a canvas. Like they built this term, terminal that has 2.8 million square feet. Um, it's like, fiberglass roofs that are that are essentially it's like this think about it as a big tent right and and there's no there's certain areas that are that are cooled by by ac everything else is open though there's there's a nice cool breeze even when it's 120 out there you can you know it's still a relatively comfortable 80 degrees in there so um that's one you know that's one problem so people flying in and they're solving that by by using this, essentially this uh, new terminal that they've built specifically for that need. The other thing that, that I thought was really interesting <laughs> is how do you get rid of 600 tons of trash a day? Well, if you're That's... in Mecca, you use pneumatic tubes. So, you know, <laughs> the tubes that... Uh, that you see when you pull up to the get to the bank, yeah, you know, that's basically what they're doing with trash, with rubbish. Um, this is crazy. This this one is like, this one is is one that I would love to see more of here, and more of other cities, you know, adopting. But it's a hard thing to do, I think. Oh. How do you plunge a pneumatic tube? Yeah, you have to dig and you have to dig around everything. And then it's like, so they they have 400 um, openings somewhere. I think this is this is talking about the mosque, essentially. So again, the people go to the mosque. They, there's millions and millions of people there that are, or hundreds of thousands that are yeah. walking around. There's, there's trash. Um, so they built 400 openings somewhere within that facility that people can just take their garbage, toss it in there, and then that gets sucked into this 
receiving station that's a few miles away. Uh, where the trucks then take it to the a landfill. A few miles away? Yeah. <laughs> More than a mile away, yeah. So it just, it's just, isn't that so crazy? It's a massive mu- pneumatic tube. It's a massive pneumatic tube that's over a mile away. And once it gets there, the trucks are ready to go and they will take that rubbish and take it to landfill. Landfill. That's a, that's a pretty fun idea. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that just blew your mind, Peter. That That part just blew my mind. <laughs> it seems like a lot of infrastructure. Yeah, that's, yeah. They, I mean, they've spent over, what does it say, 20 billion plus dollars um, in mosque improvements, and this is part of it, so... But it makes sense. Again, yeah. it really does make sense. You don't want to have a, a very crowded place to be full of junk and garbage. And um, this is this is a very elegant way to get, get rid of that. Indeed. <laughs> Just think of, yeah, a bunch of vacuum tubes all yeah. over the place collecting trash. Yeah. Anyways, very cool. Yeah, so those were the two kind of cities that... that uh, that I thought were really just doing something, something awesome. There's other ones in the, in the list. Um, you know, some of them are doing amazing things with like, um, creating, you know, specific roadways for bikes for people, um, that are uh, for pedestrians, you know, working on some different round ways to, uh, manage traffic with like bigger roundabouts and just like, how do we not, you know, if you're going from one highway to another, how do you not, how do you make it where there's basically no stop, where you just continue going? I know Dubai is doing a lot of crazy stuff too, um, but that, yeah, I mean, there, there's just so many cool things that I think as time progresses, as as this technology gets cheaper and gets really more flushed out, um, other cities will start looking at, at this. And I think other cities will start possibly implementing some of these things, right? Right. The scale obviously depends on the city and what they want to do and what they what their goal is, but it would be really cool to like okay, here's a here's a cool scenario that <clears throat> that I think would be a fun thing to do is every city would have a a dashboard that's a public dashboard. I mean, there's obviously going to be a, a city only dashboard, but there's a public dashboard that can tell you here's what's going on. Here's, you know, how much this intersection has in traffic today. Here's, um, you know, how much water we're consuming at the moment. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I give myself, oh, and dial, oh, here's Serge. Here's Serge in his home right now. <laughs> There he is. He's just sitting there. <laughs> oh, he just flushed. <laughs> he, just, yeah. he just turned on his lights. Oh, I don't think it's going to get that creepy, Peter, <laughs> but come on. Oh, live webcam view. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay things are going <laughs> to get there. That's right. patching his webcam. <laughs> okay. Have anyone in the city? But I mean, what do you think of that? Like, is that, is that something that you think, okay, do, is that valuable for... 
for a citizen of a city to know. I honestly think that, you know, as just, I'll quote unquote, just call ourselves civilians in the city, mm-hmm. in a city, I probably would have to say that, I'm not probably not the most qualified to completely answer that, but I would dare say almost all, you know, local agencies would probably like to have more data going on. Yeah. At the very oh. minimum, they would actually be able to understand, to your point of, you know, free traffic. That is a big thing as far as like, okay, we, this area just keeps continually getting congested. And as far as expansion of the city and improvement to the city, this is something that we need to to uh, figure out. Yeah. Or just... I can't chuckle to myself here. I'm going to say, do they have a digital board of complaints from different addresses of like a street issue or something like that. Yeah. Um, Because there's a part of me that realizes there's one person in our neighborhood that kept saying that the the power was having issues. Mm -hmm. So they literally ripped up everything and we did it. That's right. Yeah. Last year. Uh, Yeah. And it was just this moment of, Huh. Like <laughs> the power of an individual. Power of an individual just yeah. asking over and over and over again. Yeah. I don't I I uh I here's the thing. This whole connected thing is is fantastic. I feel like there's a big butt coming Absolutely up. Absolutely there's a big butt coming okay. in. Lay it on here, Peter. I mean we we're blessed to live in a in a country where we have the the private sector kind mm-hmm. of doing some cool things and then helping helping the local and state levels do cool things as well but how 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 much further do we wa- do we want connectedness to happen i know this is maybe shifting a little mm-hmm. bit as far as like what's happening already but does this not remind you of just a tiny bit of like that china social Social credit, social thing. Cre- social credit thing. Just a just a wee bit, like. So, for people that don't know, what what is that? So, you should go back to. I don't know what the episode is. Can you look that up? I don't yeah. Know. Um. So China's is creating this. It's theoretically in beta version right now, but twenty seven episode twenty seven twenty seven. But I think by twenty twenty, it'll be required for all individuals within China. Sure. To be part of the social credit system, think of it as a. Um, FICO score for your life, yeah, and everything in it. If you are a person that has friends that are <laughs> dissenters, is not right, but are not fans of the Chinese government <laughs> or fans of, of revolutionaries, Peter. Okay. I mean, you can say, it. come on, <laughs> I don't know, freedom I, fighters. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know what you would call them. This is an honest conversation here. I know, but <laughs> revolutionary. I don't know. I, yeah. D- you, d- I'm sure if you had a friend that was a revolutionary, you'd be penalized in the system pretty significantly. Yeah. yeah. So, but essentially what happens is, is you're get, you have this score based on all these different factors of what you're doing, what you're not doing. I mean, for the most part, it is very pro-government. I mean, it is, yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. and we talked about some of the reasons why, that, to a certain extent, that probably is the way it is. 
is, uh, I mean, one of China's big things is just trade overall. Mm -hmm. And you need to, and they're basically trying to prevent, in my opinion, in some capacity, prevent people from messing up the trade. Like the guy, like there was the group that had all the, that made all the steel stuff. Right. And then it was found out that they really low graded the steel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And like yeah. it affected ma countries, like yeah. not just, you know, China. It was like, you, I mean, it was all over the place. So, <laughs> anyways. So what, they're getting penalized, right? So, and that's going to affect everything. So you won't be able to find people on dating websites. Your profile will be extremely low if you have a low score. I right. mean, uh, seriously, yeah. uh, you know, availability to certain things you may not have at all, potentially. Yeah. Like the, the episode is called Traders Need Not Apply. Yeah. Meaning that, um, you know, if you have a low score on this social credit system, I mean, don't bother applying for. Yeah, this don't even bother because you're you're not going to get the job. You're not going to get even looked at. So what? Okay, how does that tie into this city of the future? Okay, <laughs> if you guys just saw the look, Peter gave me. <laughs> how does it apply? Well, yeah, I, yeah, come on. Okay, let's talk about this. This is hard for me to just. This, this, this just takes my imagination to levels that I'm, I don't even like being comfortable with. It takes me to a dark place. Kind of. A little bit. But if you're... I mean, we're talking about a connected light system, right? right. That's exciting for us right now. Right. But imagine now the light system is connected, the travel system is connected, they're all together, and then boom... That connection happens into the private sector of, I, I don't know, Facebook. And I'm thinking far down the road of like, we don't even know what Facebook will be like in five years. Sure. Or what it'll be able to be connected to. Now, when you're, let's just take, for example, when you sign up for a new application online somewhere. Come on, everybody. You know what I'm talking about. Would you like to sign up with Facebook? Sure. Can I get your information? Yes, please. Boom. <laughs> like now we're talking about this massive system that knows you've literally given permission to yeah. know a lot of information for you about. There's a there's a trade-off that we have there. There's a trade-off there. Yeah. And it's funny because I keep thinking to myself, I always will probably think that convenience will always win in the end. It so far so, so far, far it has, has Peter. right? It just has. It just always has. And even I'm a I'm a I'm proof of that. So yeah, I just think there's some level of this that makes me just a little bit uncomfortable. I also realize is that when we talked about a connected city, there is actually some you know. There's part of me that thinks that there's these in, there's an inflection points of maybe the technology gets cheaper, you know, whatever for me, for making, for example, the light system to be connected better, tie that in better with maybe the the sewer system better, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Well, you have to understand that we're talking about, you know, like talking about Twin Cities or LA or, or even Omaha down the road from us. I mean, we're talking about trying to retrofit an existing city that's been there a while. Yeah. And so there's a part of me that thinks that there's going to be some cities that are on the cusp of this. The, the timing is just a little bit more in favor for them. Sure. Where they don't have to 
build mass, you know, refit massive infrastructure, their infrastructure is being laid down upon this concept yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. That they are going to have an advantage. And we may, it's interesting yeah. to think about, there may be a city in this capacity that actually may rise in this area because of that. Right. Yeah. Just the timing of how how the industry and technology are coming together. Yeah, like New York City has been around since the 1600s, right? Right. That's a, That sounds like a, that sounds like a massive pain point to me to like, <laughs> yeah, refit everything. You it, can't, you can't do it overnight, right? It, it takes years and then probably billions of dollars to get certain things, you know, at this scale applied to New York City. But Shanghai is a relatively new city, let not new. Let's say more developed in the last, you know, thirty years. Right, right. Before it was just a small fishing village. Now it's like this huge megalopolis out there in China. But they've had the advantage of learning from New York and from LA. You know, the lessons learned from that point, like, oh, right. we should have our city be, be this way, <laughs> right? Because X, Y, and Z, we've learned from this, you know, these bigger cities that are having these problems. Doesn't mean that they won't have problems. They clearly do today, but right. um, it, it allows emerging cities to essentially kind of Almost jump through, yeah. Well, right. A good leapfrog a, a, yes. a little bit here. A good analogy is it's the concept of how some of the developing countries are completely skipping the whole landline. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because they don't need to anymore. They don't need to. Yeah. That's that's interesting. So uh, I mean, so anyways, I I I think about that when it comes to the connected cities. Part. So going back to your. To your kind of dark cloud, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Okay, so you do you really think it'll get to that point? I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. Probably, probably not. I mean, probably not. It's funny we just talked about you know just beginning in the the news flash mm-hmm. the blockchain voting right. type thing, and we talked about you know if there's encryption or something like that. That is interesting to me. In the fact of if we have like an encrypted ID. You know, for example, for voting, where, I mean, that would be interesting because you would at least know on a higher level, you talk about that dashboard, this many people were from this area, this city, this county, this mm-hmm. whatever, blank, 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 mm-hmm. higher up. And that's essentially through your ID through the state. Right. So I so, can see how something like that in a connected city could could play a factor. Couldn't, yeah. Yeah. See, that, that one makes more sense to me. Like, I, I don't think they're going to be... You know, hiring an intern to go, oh, let's connect Peter, let's find his Facebook, then let's connect him to all the, you know, services that he's using with the right. city. But more of the, along the voting line, like if we ever get to the point where we're voting on, on our mobile phone, you know, or on, on your desktop. That's crazy to think about. I would love that, by the way. Um, uh, that, that, that sounds, I mean, there's a part of me that loves that, but that also just seems... Holy cow. I mean, is there a deadline of when you can change your vote? No. It, I, All the way to the last I mean, second. kind of digressing here, but I, th- I think it, it plays the same rules. I mean, you have a vote day, and then you have literally 24 hours. To change your vote. And you submit your vote. Because can you change your vote now when you vote? I don't think so. So I think you just submit it, and that's it. You have one chance. You have one chance. So... Um, but okay. So yeah. yeah, you bring up a good point. I think that that can tie into 
as soon as you start tying in demographics into these services of the city, and by the way, this is all going to happen with sensors, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, there will be a sensor. Let's just think about this. We have public trash bins at the parks, right? There will be some company will develop a sensor that you put it in, the, in there, either weighs it or it does a scan or something like that. It'll tell the city employee which park to go to to empty the trash bin. Like, it'll be real-time alert. Which is a good thing. It's a very good thing, right? Because you want you want efficiency in some uh, yeah. certain level. It's a very good thing. But, you know, I, I can see where you're coming from, where as you tie all these things, you know, and then if you layer the, the level of demographics on top of that, that starts to paint a different picture of the city. And then you can start saying, well, the people here on... Uh, you know, for us, it's what is it the the Grand Prairie, right? That's like the the super rich part of town here. Oh yeah, yeah. the people at Grand Prairie are this, this, and this. They do this, this, and that, and you know, like they're actually the biggest consumers of water because you know, yeah, X Y Z. And you can, you know, and if you have that data public or semi public, what does that do? You know, and we're we're thinking only Sioux Falls, but think about California. Like, there's droughts in place. There's there are water restrictions. You can really start doing some very interesting social things with this data. It's funny how we this is we're talking about smart cities, and this yeah. is all coming together at this point. Just reminds you. Just reminds me. Don't, just stop pretending like much of your, if anything, in your life is really private anymore. Just, oh yeah, like just, it's definitely it's not public, private, man. Just, just, just assume it is because if it isn't, it probably will be. That's exactly it, right? And and the other thing is, how do how does this all going to work? Well, we talk about it pretty much every episode. It's going to be with AI. Yeah, you know, you have all these systems connected. The job of the AI or the the neural network is we have this massive, massive influx of data. Let's sort through it. Let's find the pattern. Let's figure it out. Let's, you know, they're going to build, this is kind of what I see, is they'll they'll build a central hub or central something database that all these, you know, the electrical company, the gas company, the the garbage, the street repairs, um, the police department, you know, when there's a 911 call, what if these LED lights could start blinking around that area? You know, the streetlights. You know? Right. <laughs> what if some of these things start... Start again. Now, now it's like, okay, now we have everything kind of under our control in a really easy way to control and to see. Let's start using that. You know what? I just realized we talk about this connected city thing. There's one thing we're, we're missing here that is already happening. Okay. It's just not on the level that we think we they could be used. When an emergency weather situation happens, you get pinged on your phone. Yeah. Yep. Right? So yep. now, if you have a connected city, imagine it. You know how Google says, hey, don't go down this street because of X, Y, or Z or something like yeah. that. I mean, I suppose they could maybe work with Google to make that happen. But imagine other scenarios there where... 
the road's out for X for whatever mm-hmm. reason, something's going on. Based on your patterns and knowing your demographics of your area, they will send you a tailored message saying, Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Avoid, yeah, avoid downtown today because there's a, or don't go, don't go on your normal street because we know your route, by the way, because of all the cameras and all the, you know, the, the smart traffic lights. Literally, your, your area could be down and they could still maybe get a message in to your phone that says, Hey, totally. The area is down right now. We are very aware of it. X, this is what we're working Again, it, I think it depends on your perspective. If your perspective is, hey, this is a great thing. This is a convenience thing. Because I would like to know, okay, don't go on don't go on 12th Street, for example. Right. Because it's just packed and massive and, and there's a bunch of, there's an accident or something there. But it's one thing if Google tells you that because it sees from data that's you know right. laggy but if it's another thing if it's the city just sends you a push notification you hey, know what Serge. i actually think it's going to be a, it's going to be a marriage of some sort between a, a private company like that probably and, and this and the local government yeah yeah i could i mean that's typically how these things work it's some it'll be some sort of contract i think yeah well we got a couple other things we uh, i wanted to mention here um i think you so what is this uh saudi arabia gnome project yeah I don't know. I, this is so spec. It's not speculative. It's going to happen. But essentially, Saudi Arabia is going to be building this neom n e o m project. Neom, uh, I want to call it. But so think of it this way: it's going to be a ten thousand two hundred thirty square mile city. Okay. And uh, to put things in perspective, uh, let's see here. So this is this is like the Saudi Arabia. Essentially, a a human built like from scratch city, right? Right. Okay. Um, and you can go to learn and eom learn neom. I want to say, or excuse, excuse me, not learn. Discover neom dot com. N e o m dot com, right? Yeah, and you can look at uh, some of the pictures of the area that they're going to be doing this on, and some of the concepts they have of what they want to do. And, and yeah, I think it's I think it's an exciting exciting concept uh, building this massive city. And to give an idea of what this is, so I'm going to do a couple different things here. So the twin cities in the in the Midwest, uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. I mean, the the city size is six thousand three hundred and sixty four miles mm-hmm. of the those two combined mm-hmm. areas. Yep. So this is bigger than that. Um, I'm going to also just check out, uh, so square mileage of Chicago says 234 miles. That's wrong. (laughs) Did you just tell, tell Google that it's wrong? I didn't tell Google it's wrong. So, so far what you're saying is that it's bigger than Minneapolis, St. Paul, Metro area, right? Yeah. And they're planning this city... From the ground. From the ground up. Yep. So this is where I think they have the advantage. Because they know, like, we've learned so much things about sustainable living, renewable energy, um, street planning, <laughs> you know? They have this big idea to use, like, renewable energy in the form of solar panels and wind. Yeah. 
which I realize now there there's actually a, a gentleman rev- running in uh, governor in California right now. Okay, who's a little bit uh, it's interesting. He's a he's a it's a Democrat, but he's very much pro nuclear. Hmm. He talks about nuclear being a renewable energy and how we've maybe overhyped it as being this horrible thing. Well, it is a new it, it is a renewable energy, very, very renewable energy, and so yeah. Um, anyways, I realize though that Saudi Arabia does not have an issue when it comes to the times of the sun not being there or the wind <laughs> not being there. They yeah, have, they have plenty of energy. Yeah, in that area. Yeah. So, but it made me think of some of that. So. The other thing that I that I pulled out to here, um, this was an announcement. I think 2015 was a pretty huge announcement. Egypt, the government of Egypt, um, do you remember this? They they announced that they're going to build a new capital to the east oh. of Cairo. Okay. Cairo is one of the world's most congested cities right now. It's apparently just impossible to get around. <laughs> I mean, I understand it's massive massive city but they want to build this new um they don't even have a name for it yet but they want to build this new capital for for cairo and um or for egypt and it's it again it's another way that the the cities in this and the state can really leverage what we've learned can build the city in a smart way and they're basically going to move like government services um, they're going to move, you know, some of the presidential palaces, things like that, over to this new city. But there will be a, a, a large population, too, that will live there. Um, it could be up to 7 million people is what they're saying. And I think that's kind of rare. Like, you know, if you think about it, there's not that many new cities being started. No. You know? When's the last time you, like, oh, here, welcome to this new city you really don't hear much if ever nowadays uh, it's been more like you know growth from an existing city sprawling out correct that has caused some of these new cities to rise but i mean they're really suburbs but like if you think about it a city of 200,000 people just starting out what does that look like what does it look like today you know, <laughs> and 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 now we used to build by you know by water, right? We used to build by you know, uh, water. Then it was in at least in the U.S. Water was the thing, but then it was the railroad. Yeah, and then it became the interstate. Yeah. So then now you can build it in the middle of Wyoming, which has no water, um, like you know, no huge lake or something like that. That that you need to transport goods, spill it in the middle of nowhere, basically. And the interstate, the railroad gets you the airport, like you don't need that criteria to, you know, to be met anymore. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> exactly. That's another great example of that. So. I When I was in Vegas, when my friends said, about Vegas, he's like, just feel like somebody came here and was like, you know what, God, 
screw it. We're gonna we're gonna build here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible uh, climate. There's no natural resources, uh, but we're just gonna just put our stake down the bill here. We're doing it anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, one more thing on your on your list here, and this could be uh, maybe for another episode, but. The yes. first city on Mars. Yes. Just I was just reminded about this with, um, well, Elon Musk's goal for 2024, I believe it is, to have the first people living on Mars yeah. after we already have a rocket up there filled with supplies and stuff like that to build. Yep. Smart. So it's, uh, it's exciting times, man. I will tell you that I think um, cities on Mars or wherever else we decide to to plant our little flag will definitely not look anything like we do. We have them here. Oh yeah. I mean, for natural re- for reasons like okay, there's no oxygen there. Number one, but number two, it's it's just going to look different. It will. So. All right, folks. Well, hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Um, We've got a cra- we got an awesome episode that I I, I really want to tease, but I we can't say anything yet. Yeah, it's, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, it's coming up here in the next, I would say, next two months. Um, we're super super excited about it. This is going to talk about a lot of the stuff that we talk about here, and 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 um, we're we're gonna we're gonna let you know more once we have everything kind of ironed out. We're gonna let you know, but we have another big one coming up um so look look out for that but uh again thanks for checking out the episode you can listen and find us on futurebreak.net we're also on twitter at futurebreakpod and facebook at futurebreak where else can you find us peter yes you can find us on your favorite podcast player apple podcast spotify boy google Castbox, tune in radio tune in radio Shout out to all our fa- new fans that yeah. come in from these different places. Yeah, we're just we're just really grateful for everything. Yeah, so. and you know we've actually gotten kind of an influx of some emails recently from listeners, and honestly, we love that. We appreciate that. Um, so if you have any ideas or any thoughts about um, what you'd like us to maybe take a look at, send it our way. We'd be happy to yeah. take a look, and we actually respond to pretty much every email we get. So. Yeah. Send it our way. All right. This is a good one. It was. All right. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone. Have a magical day.